0: Welcome back to another edition of NFL University, the show where we educate you on all things across the National Football League landscape. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL University is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Got a lot to get into. It is kind of slow around the NFL. There's all kinds of Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa, social media controversy that we're going to discuss. Tom Brady inks a, a massive record-setting broadcast contract. And then we're going to get into some NFC projected win totals as we head into next season. So let me welcome in Kyle Posey of Niners Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., we begin with the Tom Brady broadcast contract. It's reportedly 10 years, $375 million, $37.5 <laughs> million dollars a year for Tom Brady as soon as he decides to retire, which maybe next season, it might be in five years, we don't really know. But he's got a contract waiting for him that is as much or not more than he's actually made in his NFL career, which is absolutely insane.
2: Yeah, it doesn't have to be like really good right away. Like who are, who are they projecting him to be They're they're essentially saying, Hey, we know Tony Romo essentially made, you know, this, the broadcasters and you have to be as good as Romo out of the gate. And then some with the money that he's getting. And for a while, like that is a long freaking time to give somebody who you just have no idea how he's going to be. I'm sure they did like little test runs or did they, or they just say, Hey, you're Tom Brady. We're going to give you this money. Go be yourself. But then, we like, do we even know who Tom Brady is to say go be yourself? There's so many questions about this where, um, I don't know, man. Ten years is a long, long time, and people can get really tired of somebody really quick. So this can go in a lot of different directions.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's already backlash to Romo at this point, right? Like, the first year it was fun, and then it seems like people are like, damn, buddy, how many of those Coronas are you taking in uh, the booth before before you call calling some of these games? i don't know man i i don't understand tom brady in the booth really i always thought he was going to go down the road of like uh like the health and wellness like uh you know just we're, we're trapping these products right but buy my frozen meals they're definitely not tv dinners um i thought that was going to be the route we were going to see post career i don't know if brady's going to be interesting in the booth i mean i'm sure he's going to have stories but like do we need to hear more about Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl ring? Like, I, I heard BOG right. talking about it on the podcast yesterday. He's like, I'm done with Tom Brady. I, I'm what of God. I, <laughs> I get it. I get it completely. Like Peyton did do this.
0: I don't know anybody who's actually watched Man in the Arena. Is that I think that's the name of it? The Tom Brady, like 10 part documentary propaganda series. <laughs> and it, it's just another thing where I understand that the Michael Jordan documentary, like worked really well but I haven't heard anybody talk about that documentary and I feel like it's because Tom Brady's just not that interesting like he is the greatest quarterback of all time but really until he got to Tampa Bay he was super boring and never said anything and now he's opened up a little bit over the last couple of years and I in like a a conspiracy theory world. I, I believe that he does not run his Twitter page. Like everybody raves about how funny he is on Twitter. And I do not think that he does that. I think somebody else runs it for him because I don't think that he could be that good at Twitter. Like after never having said anything, never showing personality ever in his entire career. So I don't believe that he runs his Twitter page even, but it's a huge risk for Fox and, you know, they're filling a huge void and we're seeing all these insane, contract dollars go to these uh broadcast announcers i mean you you lock up the biggest name i guess for 10 years but peyton manning was just like no i don't care how much money you guys offer me i have no interest in any of this leave me alone and so it is interesting to to see that type of investment in tom brady like i'm kind of shocked by the numbers on it to be totally honest
2: yeah you talk about romo and I thought the reason that he got kind of tired or stale is just because he went from, oh, wow, this is new. This is fun to essentially just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Like that's what he does. He just guesses and he doesn't even really give analysis anymore. So, like, what's Brady's angle going to be like? That's what I'm really fascinated to see, like um, what his angle is and. Are people going to be able to relate to it? Like, we don't know what he's going to bring to the table at all, man. Like, is he going to be this X and O guru? Is he just going to be up there, you know, joking around, having fun? Um, again, a lot of money for the unknown. And he has to be liked well right away. And I don't know that that's him. You talk about the ESPN doc. Would love to see those raises. Would love to know how many. True Tom Brady stands there are outside of, you know, the Boston area. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not as high as people think. I watched like two of them because they had – I can't remember. I don't know if it
1: was on ESPN that they broadcast them or if it was straight to ESPN Plus. But I saw two of them. And it's a lot of like Tom Brady just like calmly explaining how competitively psycho he is. And like that's fine. There's definitely a place for that. I don't know if I want to hear that in the biggest window for Fox every week when my team plays in the NFC. That's my big Don't we already know that, too? Yeah, and, like, the the other thing, too, is do we need all these quarterbacks in the booth? Do we actually? Because I, I find guys, like, the most, most interesting guy in the booth to me since Romo has been a keep to leave, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a DB, and he'll break down, like, all that stuff. And he'll be funny about it, too. Like, I, I'd be looking for guys with charisma and stuff like that. Like I, I don't know. Is Tom Brady really put moving the needle? They also said that he might uh, debut during a Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness, if Great. that happened. He <laughs> lit up like
2: a bottle rocket. All he's going to do is talk about himself, right? Like, that's all that broadcast is going to be about. Well, like, when hey, I was in the Super I, Bowl. The nine times I was here. <laughs> right.
0: I feel like that's part of the problem too, where we see these generational athletes like try to make that jump, and the guys who haven't been successful at it is because they're not good at explaining the game sometimes, because they're so good at seeing it in a, in a different way than everybody else does. They see things that you know other players just can't, or they do things that other players just can't, and I. Th- think that sometimes can make it hard for you to explain it because you're just like, how does everybody else not see that? How does everybody else not make that throw? And like we saw it with magic Johnson, like magic Johnson is a great personality, really successful businessman outside of his NBA career. But magic Johnson was not great as a broadcaster. And there's, there's a lot of other NFL players that have struggled to, to catch on there. So I also am curious, like, is Brady just going to be NFL or is he going to be like Joe Buck and Aikman where they're putting him all over the place? Because $375 million for a guy, if he's just doing NFL games, that's crazy. And I don't know if Tom Brady realizes what the schedules are like if you're actually doing like every primetime broadcast for Fox because those dudes are flying everywhere constantly. And I have to imagine Tom Brady does not want to do that once he retires from the NFL.
1: Well, what, Fox has the rights to Big Ten football, right? I mean, he's a a Michigan man, famously. It's getting worse and worse the more you guys talk about
2: it. (laughs) Calling the big game. He's going to be shoved down our throats, man. So we're going to go from a Monday Night Football, or not Monday Night Football, but we're going to go from like a Sunday broadcast. And again, like he's probably going to get off to a good start just because he's fresh, just because of the novelty of, you know, Tom Brady. And that's going to spin to – Ohio State Michigan like come on, man, do we really want that? Who asked for this? <laughs> if he's doing double duty
1: that those two weekends with the kids must have gone terribly again he he went from I am retired to I am back also might be a part owner of the Miami Dolphins and might broadcast the Super Bowl
0: Two I I'm, I'm gonna be home once a month. <laughs> He's also still got that production company that when he retired for a couple of weeks it was like he's got a movie coming out and he's got something oh, I else from about documentaries the movie. and like all this <laughs> stuff is he still doing all of that stuff even though he's going back to play football and now has this television contract like he is trying to just not be a part of his family's life. When when do you think he runs for president? That's Uh, the real question. I don't even want to talk about that. Probably after this (laughs) ten-year contract, right? So people can see.
1: There are going to be people who are like, "I, how can you not? How can you not vote for Tom Brady for president? All he's done is (laughs) one. Like that. That's (laughs) That's literally how it's going to go. After Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, is our president, the the next one is
2: Tom Brady. give me out of here.
0: Yeah. Now I'm just scared. Um, <laughs> now, now I'm concerned. Uh, let's stop talking about top rate. Please, please. Um, so, as I mentioned at the start of the show, it's we're in the middle of the NFL offseason. It's just beginning. It's getting kind of light in the news cycle, and we're all kind of degenerates when it comes to consuming NFL content. So, this video clip that the Miami Dolphins chose to tweet out from their account last night of Tua a th- throwing a pat throwing a deep ball to uh new wide receiver tyreek hill and it was you know I-, I don't remember what the exact caption was but it was like rocket ship cheetah uh, the, the rocket
1: ship emoji is the important part <laughs> <laughs> on,
0: <dude>. yeah <sighs> and tyreek hill had completely stopped was not running at all it, it was a terribly underthrown pass but it wasn't shorts. He was wearing a bucket hat, if you want to read into any of that. But it is totally consumed Twitter today. It's all everybody's talking about is Tua in this terrible deep ball that he threw to Tyree Hill.
2: It looked like he was fielding a punt. Yes. Like if you if you had no idea that Tua threw the ball, you would have thought, oh, cool, Tyreek's going to return punts for the Dolphins. But nope. Uh, Tua loaded up, really revved back to let that ball fly. And, I mean, what, it was probably – at most 45, 50 yards, and Tyreek had to stop, not a good sign. Uh, If you are the social media intern who tweeted that out, you are probably not going to have privileges to the Miami Dolphins Twitter account anymore. That did not go well. Um, It's not going to – I mean, we we all know who Tua is, but just to see that was pretty hilarious. And, I I mean, we don't have to go too far into this, but like, what positive – thing could come from this if you are on the Miami Dolphins side. Like, what were you thinking we were going to re- how, – like, how did you think we were going to react to this? Um, just because it was Tyreek and like, oh, cool, he's catching deep passes. Nope, that was the last thing on everybody's <laughs> mind from this. You said we all know
1: who Tua is. Who is we? I feel like the, the non stronghold has never been stronger than now because they got reinvigorated with the Tyreek Hill addition. And then now he has a left tackle. So, I don't know, man. What what percentage
2: are we talking about here? Because it's like – I'm talking
1: about in South Florida. Like, it (laughs) seems like 100%. Like, everyone is still in on Tua.
0: Yeah, I I just like that everybody on Twitter pulled up the one deep pass that he's actually thrown in a game, and it won
1: against the deep- Ravens. <laughs> I can tell you oh, what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, it got and it it didn't even get caught. It, it was dropped, but <laughs> of it, course it did. <laughs> that's the one deep pass I think he's had in an NFL game because he hasn't had very many over twenty five yard passes in his NFL career so far, and that's the one that everybody always refers to. And it wasn't even a complete pass. That that was
1: against like backup corners too mind you. You guys forget about that Baltimore team getting all banged up. But yeah, I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out this year. There's no more excuses for Tua, right? Like, he's spoiled with talent around him. 10 for 26
2: last year on D-passes. Tua. 10 for 26. I want to see the cut-up of the 10. I want to see it. I would live for that.
0: I would... I'd just imagine there's not a ton of zip on that ball. Like, I don't think it's getting downfield very quick for Tua. i I'm, I'm sorry, dolphins fans, but it has consumed uh, NFL Twitter today. So you can go check that out if you would really like to, but we've got some NFC win totals that we want to discuss. So we begin with the NFC East and we start with the Dallas Cowboys right now. They are listed on DraftKings at a projected win total of 10 and a half games. I'm curious how you guys feel about this. It's seems high to me for the Dallas Cowboys. And I know they're coming off a good season. They still have Dak Prescott, who is still a a very good quarterback, but they're projected right now is the same win total as the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. And I don't see how the Dallas Cowboys have gotten any better this off season.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And we also have to talk about, well, I'm sure the person speaking after me will talk about their head coach and why that is high, but just Dallas in general, um, think about it, man. Like, what do we know that they do? They, they generally, generally speaking, um, they're underwhelming. So, what are you just hoping that Dak stays healthy? Or are you hoping that Demarcus Lawrence stays healthy and can overcome um, the loss of, uh, I'm blanking now, who went to the Broncos? Um, Randy Gregory. Yeah, geez, it's always Gregory for me. Um, and then, my, like, Michael Parsons, of course, he's an all pro, but like, isn't there going to be natural regression for him? And when I say that, it doesn't mean he's going to be like a worse player, but just statistically, I would imagine there would be some sort of regression for him because it would be hard for him to play any better. So knowing all that, knowing who was coached by the Cowboys, um, them getting to 10 and them getting to 11 would essentially be them being the one seed, right? I don't know about them
1: being the one seed in a, 17 game schedule, but definitely win in the east. Um, I'm kind of comfortable with it. Like the whole Dak thing was so weird last year. Remember, he was playing banged up early on in the season and he was still operating, you know, from the pocket like he was Drew Brees, right? And then he ended up having another injury and it felt like it really just went downhill for him. If he can come back and he's fully healthy. I think he's up there with, you know, the other MVP type of candidate quarterbacks in this league. I, I think Dak's that good of a quarterback still going to have CD still going to have Michael Gallup. We'll we'll see about that backfield with Zeke and uh, Tony Pollard and see how, how much, you know, RJ wants to pull his hair out about that. Um, Are did you did guys seventeen see- games out of Tyron Smith? Oh, dude, probably not. Like, right. but they, um, they just drafted Tyler Smith. Who's like, might be their left tackle moving forward. So I wouldn't discount that. Um, did you guys see that uh, Fox, they announced – I don't know why the NFL is doing this. Like, each broadcast partner is announcing one game before the schedule release. <laughs> Very important. Fox Gotta drag it out. Gotta drag yeah. it out for a week. Fox announced uh, Dal- or, uh, Dallas going to Green Bay. Love that. Love that. Mike McCarthy, come on home. Revenge, Come, yeah. here. come here. I just want to talk, Mike. I just want to talk. Dallas plus three oh enough get out of here the last <laughs> time mind you the last time mccarthy was in green bay he lost to josh rosen that, that that's how bad it was that's how There's, bad it was at the end
0: are there still any mike mccarthy supporters in green bay like no, is there anybody who they who got Lafleur and everyone's
1: it. like wait i can't even it's like the it's like the kevin king thing like the packers packers fans will stand for the worst member of the organization and then he'll get replaced by a good person and then they're like You know what? Russell Douglas actually is like way better than Kevin King. Kevin (laughs) King actually isn't an NFL quarterback. Yeah. No, we got LaFleur. We're very happy.
0: Yeah. So Mike McCarthy going home to Green Bay. So you got that to look forward to in the upcoming NFL season. The Philadelphia Eagles are projected eight and a half uh, in the upcoming season. They're a curious team. So I'm not super confident that Dallas is going to reach that win total, but the Eagles – I kind of, I kind of like the Eagles, you know, they add AJ Brown, obviously, and they're giving Jalen hurts an opportunity here. And we kind of saw how they figured things out late or down the back half of last season with their running game and their running game was really good. And they were actually like putting up numbers. And I'm just curious about them. I I I don't think view them as like a team that we're sleeping on or anything like that in the NFC. But I do think that in that division where it's, I think it's just the Eagles and the Cowboys. Like I think they could be a problem. Yeah. I think
2: that the addition of AJ Brown will make Devonta Smith a lot better. So he doesn't have that pressure of being the number one in year two. Um, He's not going to have coverage rolled to him. That's all going to be on AJ Brown. So I think their offense will take a step forward. But it's going to be about, like, how consistent is Jalen Hurts? Like, he is going to have to, you know, ascend, essentially. He's going to have to be way more consistent. He's going to have to be able to consistently throw the ball all over the field and not just to one portion of the field. Um, You love what they did on just in the draft with the Kobe Dean, uh, with Jordan Davis. We're going to see if their secondary can hold up. Uh, Darius Slay was good last year. um, But are you just going to pick on whoever's on the opposite side uh, this year? But their front seven is probably going to be very good. And now I agree with you. Just the way that they're built, you would think that they would have success, but I think again, it's going to come down to, you know, what are we getting from Jalen Hurts? Is he going to take another step forward or is he going to be the same inconsistent quarterback who I don't know if they fully trusted and that played itself out. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's more of a coin flip, but it's also the NFC East, so they're not going to, you know, exactly be going against uh murders row schedule.
0: Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. It's Jalen hurts has to take a step forward as a passer, but you hope that the addition of AJ Brown and how talented he is as a player, like that's going to make an impact. Uh, it's going to make a big impact. And I think it could open things up a lot for Devonte Smith. So hopefully having that athletic wide receiver who can go up and get a football, which is something they just didn't have last season. Like, I think they had Jalen Rieger and Quez Watkins were like their other passing options outside of Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith. So AJ, AJ Brown is a huge upgrade there. And if Jalen hurts can take a step forward and be a, a more consistent passer, I think that offense has a chance to be a real problem.
2: Let me ask you this. 2023 is Jalen hurts the starting quarterback for the Eagles. Yes. Justice. We'll find out. I mean, this yes, year's we
1: will. <laughs> Yeah, this year's a referendum on him. So I don't know. I mean, what Russell uh, turned down the opportunity to go there, right? They were interested in that. Didn't Deshaun turn down an opportunity yep. with the Eagles? So it's not like they aren't poking around at quarterbacks. I think they um, brought in some guys on the you know the top thirty visits pre-draft. So they seem to be open about it. The one thing I will say about their their win total eight and a half you you think it makes sense right you're like okay that number probably seems right and then you're like wait are they only one win better than the giants or the commanders and you're like i don't know they're probably more than one like if if jack goes down with the injury or something right the eagles instantly become the favorites in the east like by far in my opinion
0: yeah and the giants are it uh, projected win total of of seven games. They're curious just because they have to have a better coaching situation, right? Like Brian Dable is definitively a better coaching situation than Joe Judge, and so now it's a matter of what he can get out of the players that they already had there. They just cut James Bradbury because. Dave Gettleman screwed up their cap so much that they didn't even have enough money to sign their draft picks until they cut that guy, and they they could not trade him because they just had absolutely no leverage. The Giants are curious, but then it comes back to, well, even if Brian Dable is a better head coach, he is going to put Daniel Jones in better situations, but I'm still in no way confident that Daniel Jones... It is going to be good and, like, get you over the hump or anything or, or make you competitive for the division. So I, I think that's probably right for the Giants, and I just don't have a lot of faith in them.
2: I'm fascinated to see, and I'm not going to compare you know, him to Kyle Shanahan, but I, I'm fascinated to see what Dayball does with this roster over the next three years because, in my mind, he's brilliant. And I think he gets it, and I think you can tell that by the coaches that he brought in. And there are pieces on the roster already, but like, we know Dan Jones is in this guy, and he's not tied to Saquon Barkley. So the backfield is going to look a lot different. Like Kenny Galladay, will he be there for the long term? I think what we're looking at in 2022 will be a lot different uh, three, two, three years down the line. Uh, he's probably going to have a plan for Wondell Robinson. They have the book and tackle that they just drafted in Evan New. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, he's going to be a star in my mind. So you have that pass rusher to build off and build around. And then again, as I said, like there are a bunch of other pieces that you can win with on the roster. So uh, it probably won't be instant, but I think down the line, the Giants will threaten.
1: Yeah, I think this is just a team in a year one rebuild, right? I mean, they're trying to pressure wash all of the Gettleman stink off of them. They, they just released Bradbury recently too. Bradbury's probably going to be a starting quarterback for someone else uh, in the league this year. There was the whole uh, draft week rumor about, like, Kadarius Tony is on the block. He's available, if you know, at the right price or whatever. They turned down uh, the Daniel Jones' option. They don't seem like they want to extend Saquon. Like, this just seems like a team that's in transition. I wouldn't make too much of them until next year. I think they're more talented than they were last year. I think they have a better coaching staff. But the one thing I will say about Dayball, I mean, so Dayball came from college coaching, right? then he was in the booth for the buffalo bills and now he's going to be an on-field coach running everything as like an administrator head coach so i think there's probably going to be a learning curve there um with that being said like i don't i don't think this year is a referendum on the giants at all like if they went 2 and 15 because of some weird quarterback situation like jones gets injured again and they have to play these backups again right like i don't think anyone is Blaming them or losing, uh, I I guess, confidence in in the staff.
2: Would we all agree that it's more than likely the Giants don't win seven games?
1: Yeah, I've seen Daniel Jones play quarterback, so yeah, I'm gonna
2: have to like (laughs) when you say two and fifteen. I just thought of like Daniel Jones just playing (laughs) like there's nothing has to happen. He can just be under center and have to throw the ball. That defense also like. Is still lacking a lot. Like
1: I, I know Thibodeau is going to bring some, uh, pass rushing power to that team, but up front, I, I still worry a lot about what they could do on the edges. Um, you know, they, they just
2: released their best player, arguably yeah. their best player.
1: Yes. Um, it, it's tough, and like Adori. Adori is so weird because he's a great cover corner, but like if you play him in the red zone, you can like block him through the back of the end zone. Like you can get him through the tunnel. So like you, you get in the red zone, you can pretty much score touchdowns on this team. So I don't know. It's going to be a weird one. I, I I think again, just don't don't make too much out of this Giants team. I don't think Giants fans are going to make too much out of this Giants team. They're probably just going to be happy with any of the results that come this year.
0: So. We, we all agree that it's at least going to be challenging for the Giants to get to that seven number, to get to seven right. wins on the season. What about the commanders? Like, Do we think the Giants are the worst team in the AFC East or the Washington commanders are? Because they go out, they get Carson Wentz, and they do have some talented players. They're going to get Chase Young back this upcoming season, and hopefully he's healthy. We saw what he did as a rookie. But overall, as an organization, as a franchise, just as a team, like – it doesn't feel like they have any idea what direction they're headed in. Uh, Ron Rivera, I, I like is a person, but I don't love him as a head coach. And I, I just don't think that Carson Wentz is going to give you anything that's really all that much better than what you got from Taylor Heineke last year. Like it might, it's going to be better because he can make some other throws, but I don't trust Carson Wentz in any way.
2: What does Ron Rivera do? Like, why does he keep getting the benefit of the doubt? Um, I, I am... Extremely high, like incredibly high, on Jahan Dotson. I think he is going to be very good. I don't know that you like if if I'm tying his reputation to Carson Wentz. That is terrifying. Like that's not what I want. If I'm betting on you know a prospect to turn out, but like again, they're a team that has pieces. Like I can see Dotson. I like deami brown from last year i think Terry mclaurin's a good receiver i don't know if mclaurin's going to be in their future plans like who knows he has an extension coming up that they have to figure out um on the other side of the ball like i think will jackson is a competent cornerback like they have the pieces obviously their defensive line but again um their quarterback man like it always comes back to the quarterback and like did they make enough moves along the offensive line to shore that up like what What is their offense going to consist of? And it always comes back to, will Wentz be healthy? Will Wentz be consistent? Uh, Both of those are probably not going to happen because we have a lot of evidence that over the course of the season, you know, over the course of his career, they haven't happened. So uh, with Rivera and Wentz running the show, under, under, under. This is also going to be a weird situation for Wentz because both of the
1: spots that he had been in, Before, you know, Indianapolis, Philadelphia, they've been tight end heavy, right? And you look at how Washington uses their their offense. I know a lot of people probably aren't watching Washington super closely. They're probably as close to the Arizona Cardinals schematically as any team in the league, just in terms of, like, how spread and how light they are. Like, they they play, like, a ton of, like, 11 personnel stuff with, like, one of these – quote-unquote, tight ends that aren't actual tight ends as, like, the sniffer and and lining up real wide. Like, Terry, Dotson, Samuel, Daimi, Brown, those are small receivers, dude. Like, they don't have, like, any of these big guys. Um, So Carson Wentz is basically going to have to operate in, like, a true spread. How's that going to work? I I don't know that that's going to work. Jack Del Rio had that mismatched secondary last year where, like, they had good role players, but, like, all the role players were, like, None of it was cohesive. None of it could like play, play together. So Are I don't you know. Not sold on Logan Thomas. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sold on Logan Thomas as a full time tight end. I'm, I'm not. I'm sorry. You got to play why at least a little bit in the NFL. Um, I'm definitely way more team under on Washington than any of the other NFC East teams.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'd agree there. I, to, I just... to to KP's
1: point though. Where he's like Ron Rivera, why does he keep getting chances? I feel like Washington's been busy. I, I think ownership <laughs> has been uh, caught up in stuff. I-, I don't know if this was on the
0: top of their yeah. priorities. Yeah, that's <laughs> think Ron Rivera's, Ron Rivera's good. Ron Rivera still has like some leeway. I think like I, I think he could be bad next season, and he's still not getting fired. So, yeah, I- I'm going under on the Washington Commanders as well. Uh, moving on to the NFC North. Green Bay Packers, of course, to the top of the division with an eleven total win projection. Too low. I, <laughs> thirteen. I, mean, wins. I think that I think that's right. I, I mean, I think I'd go over. Um, you know, the questions with Aaron Rodgers' wide receivers are, are there, but it's Aaron Rodgers back to back MVP. So I, yeah, I, I still have faith that Aaron's going to be a really good quarterback, and he's got uh good coaching staff and all that stuff around him. So I think the Packers are still going to be a really good football team.
2: Before Justice goes on a ramble that is probably not going to make much sense about the Packers, I want to tell you the reason the Packers might go over their win total will not be because of their offense. Um, I think on the other side of the ball, they have a chance to be quite good. And, you know, the additions of, you know, the Georgia guys in the first round doesn't hurt Uh, championship caliber players who can run and are aggressive and are athletic and can make your defense multiple with a defensive coordinator who wants to be multiple a good sign. So the fits stand out. Um, They have, they have a really freaking good secondary. So I did not think Eric Stokes um, was a first round worthy pick last year. And that was wrong. And that proved to be wrong very quick, but there's so the best defenses in the NFL have, Really good safety play. The Packers have really good, like Adrian Amos is a lot better than people think. Um, and then Savage, I think Savage has, I mean, think he's still getting better and would not surprise me if he had like a top five safety type of season. And then now they're going to have Jair all season. And having Jair on the opposite side of Eric Stokes, like that'll be good. And I don't know who's, I'm not going to pretend to know who their slot cornerback is, but they have speed at the second level. I think bringing back, uh, they signed Campbell to a big uh, big deal, right? So bringing back him was smart. And then him playing alongside Koy Walker, and then, you know, again, just along the defensive line, whether it's Kenny Clark, whether it's uh, Preston Smith, um, just having guys who can win against the run and the pass, like they're going to be tough on that side, which takes pressure off of Aaron Rodgers having to score 25, 28, 30 points a game. So I don't think the Packers are going to be winning those high-scoring games, but I think they will win a lot. And it'll be because of what they do on the defense, man. And um, I don't know if Joe Barry's is going to be able to parlay this into a head coaching job, but uh, he has the he has the talent on that side of the ball um, to to be to at least get interviews next year. Top five defense, back to back
1: MVP quarterback, top five offensive line two NFL starting running backs. How is, <laughs> How is this team going to score? How is this team going to score? I, can, I can't that, believe that we're doing straw this. Straw man, shocker. <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this. It, yeah, they're going to win 13 games. They always win 13 games. LeFleur has won less than 13 games. This is what they're going to do. Uh, KP, you talked about Darnell Savage. And you your talking point on him was, you know, he's getting better. He can have, you know, a top five safety type of season. He might be the weakest guy in their nickel defense. Like Jair's probably going to play the slot. You got Rasul and um, Stokes outside. Crazy. That's crazy. I I, I don't think people realize how athletic this defense is going to be and and what the things that they can do because they can get into the penny front. They can get into the nickel front stuff. This is going to be a really fun season as long as these guys can stay healthy. The problem is going to be depth, right? Like you look at depth at cornerback and you're like, one of these guys goes down, who comes in? You're like, Shamar John Charles in his second year after being drafted in day three and you're like, ah, that's, that's where the team can lose games defensively.
0: So take the over on the green Bay Packers, uh, 11 total wins, the Minnesota Vikings next team in the division, they're projected nine wins. And I guess I feel like that that's probably on, on par with what you expect to get from the Minnesota Vikings. They are kind of rebuilding that defense. They had Lewis seen in the draft, Bring in Zadarius Smith. They're going to get Daniil Hunter back. And, you know, those guys are playmakers who are going to give you valuable snaps on the defensive side of the ball. They still got Dalvin Cook. They still got Justin Jefferson. They still got Kirk Cousins, uh, if you have any faith in him as a quarterback. But he is a, a, a solid NFL starter. I don't know. This one feels a little iffy to me, though, because I, I feel like the Vikings are still good. They still have a lot of talent. They're another one of those teams, though, that's just kind of like, where are we trying to go here? We've got a new coaching staff, but we also have some veterans that you might be a little bit worried about, like, you know, long term future plans.
2: Yeah. So they went eight and nine last year, but during the last month of the season, they were pretty much locked into that seven seed in the playoffs. And then they just went full Vikings at the end of the season. But um, so eight and nine, but they lost to the Lions. And they had so many close games. So I don't know which regression you're leaning uh, as far as the Vikings go. There's always a Kirk Cousins questions like, what are you going to get out of him? But I thought they did a good job of – so Lewis Seen, all everything. Andrew Booth, hopefully he's healthy. So that gives their secondary, which is where they lacked That Teams picked on them over and over and over again because they had guys who could not cover. Mike Zimmer cannot do what he wants to do on defense when you have guys who cannot um, cover one-on-one on the outside. So they tackled that. They nailed that down. Um, it's it's a bit of a projection to expect a rookie to come in and be able to perform right away. But eventually, those two will be uh, easy upgrades in the secondary. And I think, you know, along the defensive line, adding Z'Darrius Smith, uh, that's going to be a great addition. So will Adam Dillon stay healthy? Um, Justin Jefferson's going to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Will Kirk Cousins be able to get him the ball? Will Dalvin Cook be able to give you, you know, um, 12 15 games in that range that's what you're hoping for if you're if you're going to bet this over uh what would be a reason you bet the under in this one justice
1: it's the defense i mean i just want to see how it meshes like i I feel like we're gonna get a pretty easy tell early on if it's gonna go over or under um you already brought up you know seeing booth i mean seeing the dallas cowboys that leaked board came out right and scene was like the last first round grade that the Dallas Cowboys had available. And they ended up going offensive line instead of taking a safety. Um, I just want to see what like Zadarius has in the tank. I want to see what Andrew Booth looks like. I want to see what Shannon Sullivan looks like when he doesn't have, you know, all these long lengthy corners playing on the outside of him. Um, that That's kind of my big, uh, qu- like the questions I need answered, I guess, because it, the, their interior defensive line isn't great, right? Like, outside of Dalvin Tomlinson, they don't have a bunch of guys in the middle. So if they're weak on the edge and Zedarius doesn't look like what Zedarius was in Green Bay because of that back injury. Remember, he played, like, what, like 30 snaps the entire season with week one in the playoff game? So yeah, it's, it's not like we have a huge tell on who these guys are right now.
2: I don't well, blame them for signing Zedarius, though.
1: No no, 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 no. I, I think they took, like... They took some pretty high – like, Andrew Booth would have been the third cornerback drafted if he were healthy. Zedarius mm-hmm. Smith is a, a contender for defensive player of the year. It's just like, okay, now we got to see it, right? Like that right. That's my whole thing with them. I probably wouldn't bet on the Vikings' win total until I see those guys on the field. Like, it might be a, like a – you bet – you know, them winning the NFC North odds depending on what they are, or like them making the playoffs in September after you get, you know, two games under these guys. Like I think that's kind of my approach on Minnesota.
0: It it feels like it's the same questions that we have about the Vikings every year. Like if they win the tight games, they could they could easily win 12 games or they could do what they did last year and go eight and nine. Like they're, they're just a really hard team to predict, and some of that is probably on Kirk Cousins. But we'll see. The last two teams in the North, the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions, both set at six and a half wins. I don't know how you guys feel about this. I think the Lions win more games than the Bears a- and this upcoming season, and I'm pretty confident about it.
2: I don't even think we need to waste time on that because if you would pick the Bears based on what they've done this offseason and based on what the Lions have done this offseason, you're you probably live in Chicago and own a Bears jersey. Like that would be the only um, explanation for that. The Bears hate Justin Fields. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, it's true. He it's true. needs like I he needs to hold out for a guaranteed contract, man. Like what are they doing to this guy? Uh, let me read their uh, depth chart on offense. Darnell Mooney, uh, fifth round pick. In 2020, 170 pounds. Yeah. St. Brown from the Packers is their wide receiver, too, right now. He could not get on the field for Green Bay, man. And they were looking for wide receivers when they were hurt, like when they had a bunch of guys banged up. Uh, Byron Pringle, uh, Steve, you are well aware of who that is. That is their slot receiver right now. Um, That's who Justin Fields has to throw the ball to. And, of course, um, they drafted a wide receiver in the third round who is older than every other prospect ever it's his um, birthday today so- <laughs> round of applause yeah. happy birthday to so the 25 year old third round pick yep congrats um they, they let their their best lineman go probably james daniels um Kevin jenkins who knows what you're gonna get out of him on the other side of the ball love brisker love gordon yep. their defense is probably gonna be fine I don't know if they're going to have more than five games where they score 20 points, man. Like, it's going to be a struggle to consistently move the ball. And when you can't consistently move the ball on offense and you don't have explosive plays, what are you going to do, man? Because that's how offenses roll. Like, you are either high variance and you live on explosive plays or you're just consistent down to down and you play the field, field position game, blah, blah. That's not what the Bears are. And I don't know what the Bears are. I don't know what their direction is but under, 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 under hammer.
1: I am preying on Justin Fields' downfall, right, because I'm a Packers fan. I like Justin Fields. I think he was a very um, talented player coming out of the draft. I think he probably was under-drafted coming out. This feels like mission accomplished, and he hasn't even started his second season in the league, right? <laughs> like that, That's how bad they've, they've uh, managed this roster around him. As far as Detroit goes, I mean, they just added Aiden Hutchinson and Josh Paschal. That's crazy. They traded up. They basically gave up um, not very much to move up twenty spots and draft Jamison Williams. We'll see if he's going to be ready Week One. But whenever he's on the field, he's going to be a, a Love beast for them. Love in dome move. on turf, like this team is just moving in the right direction. Um, big Dan the man, uh, Campbell Stan. At this point, so
0: yeah, I was trying to think uh, of a year that the Lions had had, and I, I couldn't think of one where like man, they crushed the draft, man. Dan Campbell's actually an exciting head coach. It seems like the players absolutely love him. They, they totally overperformed last year and like lions fans should actually be kind of excited for the upcoming season. And bears oh, yeah, fans should not be because they've just done nothing for Justin Fields. It's going to somebody get who wants to see him. He wants to see him six, six or be successful.
1: The one thing I will say, too, right, like they're going to be the hard knocks team. Like if you're going to want to if you want to bet the over on Detroit, you should probably do it before the hard knocks stuff, because I can only nah, imagine that's this true. team. This team is going to get some hype after that.
2: It'll be easy to root for I imagine after we get yeah. a behind the curtain look at what Dan Campbell does. So on offense, they were so slow, like molasses slow. And they went and got Jameson Williams and D.J. Shark. I think Jameson Williams has a chance to be one of the best receivers in the draft. And like, who knows when he plays in the league, like he's so fast. No, his. So I don't know. He obviously didn't run because he was hurt, but he probably would have ran a four two. and a lot of that gets thrown around a lot, but he legitimately plays that fast. Uh, And there are games like you can, you can watch his highlights, but when you're running away from four, three guys, you can fly. And I don't like, I don't think there's going to be any hesitation for him to produce like, yeah, like his quarterback, but even their other draft picks. So like Kirby Joseph, like for what Aaron Glenn wants to do in that defense, like he needs a center fielder and Kirby Joseph is a quality center fielder at safety. Yeah. they they have talent, man. Or last year's draft was, was solid too. So they're just bringing in talent, bringing in talent. And now next is knock out the quarterback, which is next year, man. So there's a plan in place and not a lot of teams can say that. So, I feel like the lions get credit for that.
0: Yeah. We're it's a weird world uh, where we're actually excited for Detroit lions football, but let's take a quick timeout. And when we get back, we will run through the win totals for the NFC South and the NFC West. That's coming up next on NFL university. (laughs) Welcome back into NFL University. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Kyle Posey of Niners Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. We pick things back up in the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 11, 11 and a half projected wins. Uh, Tom Brady's back, running it back for another season, uh, again, with that roster for the most part. Um, uh, they're, and they're hands down the best team in the division. So I, I'm going to go over on the 11 and a half win total. Hmm. I don't know,
2: I don't know where to, where I would go here.
1: Doubting um, Tom Brady?
2: Oh, <laughs> it is incredible how you can. T- <laughs> it's easy. No, th- don't doubt Tom Brady. He's done I'm this too many times. Not doubting Tom Brady. No, da- no chance. I will ever do that um, because you're just betting against history. I don't know. 11- that number in general is high for me. Even when we're talking about Green Bay, like I would be hesitant to bet any team over eleven, just because there's a lot of luck that's involved in a lot of these games. And some games come down to coin flip and just like one slip up, one or two slip ups in a season. And there goes your, your win total. So it's not that I'm betting against Tom Brady or the bucks in general. I know that they're good. I know that they're loaded. I know they have a ton of talent on both sides of the ball. 11 is just high for me, but like, again, like Vita Vea, uh, Joe Tryon, like these are guys that on defense, they make, it. they, they are very, very good. Carlton Davis, uh, Carlton Davis, sorry. I love that they brought him back. I think Antoine Winfield is going to be better. Um, You just go down the line, down the line. Like, what do we get from Mike Evans? Like, Chris Godwin, will that affect the offense? Just not being there. So, we'll see how they look early on. But, like, they're going to be a playoff team. It's just, will they reach 11? Like, that's my question. Because of, you know, know, saying Godwin is worth, you know, two, three wins is probably not fair, but – when you only have one threat, it'll be a lot easier for defense to guard them. I'll say the big thing for me was just guard play,
1: right? Like once they had that retirement happen to them, I was like, Oh, well, what are they going to do? Well, they trade for Shaq Mason. They draft Luke Godecki in the second round. Those two guys are going to be pretty good for them. And they grab Kate Outon. Um, he's a true why from Washington in the fourth round, at the very least, what he's going to be able to do is block guys. So if they can't get a Rob Gronkowski who can, you know, return and, and contribute on both sides or like both aspects of the offensive game. At least you can get a run blocking guy. You can still run like the, the power pass, like play action stuff that Tom Brady loves. They drafted Logan Hall in the second round, early uh, first pick of the second round. I thought he was BPA on the board. I think he's going to be an, a, a beast. Real bummer. Cause unfortunately I think the Buccaneers are going to be as good or better than they were last year. And remember, I mean, their season ended with that like super improbable run at the end of that playoff game against the Rams where it seemed like they had it locked up and then Stafford just had like the biggest moment of his career. So if that doesn't happen, maybe Brady wins another ring, right? Like, who knows?
2: Bucks onesie? No, the Packers! The top five <laughs> defense, back-to-back MVP quarterback. Yeah, I was just making sure, man.
1: I, no. I can two never seed. keep up. Firm two seed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm just never going to bet against Tom Brady. Like, he could easily just win another Super Bowl and then just ride off into the sunset and jump in the broadcast booth, make all this money. It's just see, seen it too many times. But the New Orleans Saints are projected at eight wins. They're another team that I think is tough for me. Um, they obviously view themselves and we've talked about it on this show as a team that can contend. And I still think they've got enough talent to do that in a weak division and the, the easier of the conferences, but I'm not placing an over bet on the new Orleans saints with any kind of confidence, especially because Jameis and I want to see Jameis just sling it and and go nuts and kind of, you know, let that leash off of him that he had last year with Sean Payton. But it's also Jameis, and I don't have any faith that he could, like, lead you to 10 wins.
2: They got a nice compliment for Michael Thomas. And, you know, who knows what we get from Michael Thomas. But Chris Olave and Michael Thomas on the field will be fine. What to make of Trevor Pinning? That is the question. Because if he does not pan out, they will have problems and problems in a hurry. I'm actually not too worried about Jameis. I think Jameis will be fine. I think um, Dennis Allen calling the shots still on defense. I think they're going to be a good unit, but like if a lot hinges on pinning, which probably isn't fair to him. But just if you look at the roster, how it's construction, how it's constructed, uh, he better be good. It'll be interesting. The offensive
1: line. is a bigger issue than I think people realize. Like people look at that and say, you know, high draft picks all across the board, but penning, like you mentioned, is a pretty volatile player. We'll see if he got that cleaned up. But like Andres Pete, he's pretty up and down for for a guard, right? That was drafted in the first round and got a second contract. Cesar Ruiz is another guy who, like, you know, you thought he was really good coming out. He's been a little bit up and down. Like McCoy and Ramchick are the two guys you can lock down, and then the rest of the guys are a little bit roller coaster. So you give me a roller coaster offensive line, Jameis Winston. Michael Thomas with everything that's coming off of the Michael Thomas and then Chris Olave's speed on turf in the Dome. This is going to be a fun team to watch at the very least. Like, they're going to be pretty chaotic. I don't know how good they're going to be, though.
2: Pete started six games last year. He's always banged up.
0: Yeah. He's always banged up. I just want them to be fun. Um, You know, Based on the way things ended last year after Jameis got hurt and we got Taysom Hill, like – There's enough pieces on this team for them to be fun. And with Jameis, I hope that they are fun. So that's really all I'm hoping to see out of the Saints in the upcoming season. Last two teams in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers are projected six total wins. The Atlanta Falcons at five total wins. Do either of these teams get to those totals? Because I'm not confident (laughs) that either of them is going to be there.
1: No, I mean, so Carolina, the one addition that they brought in the draft really was Ikiakuanu. Their, their next pick after that was uh, Matt Corral. And, like, who knows if he's going to start. If he does, that could be a bad time, you know, rookie year. Like, maybe no one has a bigger jump than Matt Corral going from his system at Ole Miss to, you know, what they have going on in the NFL right now. Um, and then Atlanta, I think – I actually think, like, the Ritter thing should actually hurt their win total. Um, you, you think about how these rookie quarterbacks typically pan out. Like, if Ritter plays – He's probably going to be, you know, one of the worst five quarterbacks in the league, which with this roster around him is probably going to put out, you know, pretty terrible uh, passing game production, you know. And and that's just kind of what it is. Like, there's nothing that you can really blame either side about. So I'm I'm team double under here. Like, this is one of the reasons why I think Tampa is going to win so many games is (laughs) because they get these two teams four times.
2: I think there's a good chance that Tampa wins more games than both these two teams combined
0: i don't think that's crazy at all um just yeah no no faith in either of these teams and we'll see how the schedules play out i know the panthers did they start like three and oh last year or three and one and sam Darnold. oh everyone's talking about
1: the the defense yeah oh phil snow's Uh, defense coming from the college level and then it just collapses
0: yeah then then it all just fell apart so yeah no faith in either of these teams so let's move on to the nfc west Defending Super Bowl champions Los Angeles Rams projected 10 and wins. How do you guys feel uh, about the defending champions at 10 and I, I still think that they're going to be really good. They've still made some key additions. I, I still think that Allen Robinson's got a lot left in the tank. I, I think that he just was totally disinterested playing in Chicago last year. And I think that's actually going to be a huge addition for this offense when you add him into the mix with Cooper Cup.
2: Yeah, I agree, man. I think we're going to see – so Alan Robinson has been this player that's been hyped essentially all his career. And he gets the benefit of the doubt because of the quarterbacks that he's played with, which is fair. And, but there, there have been some seasons where he's been underwhelming. Last year, when you say disinterested, like it felt like he was just like walking on the field. Like he, he just didn't want to be there. And it was so clear. So I don't think we can really judge Alan Robinson as a player last year. Um, I So you have him, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford in the second season of Sean McVay, uh, a Sean face game. So I think Safford's going to be even better than he was last year. I remember he, like, down, I think it was either the middle season or late season. He had the stretch where it was like pick six, pick six, pick six. But that's not going to happen again with Matt Stafford. I, I don't think so anyway. So um, there are a couple question marks on defense. Like they lost, a, they lost some, co- some competent players that you can rely on. But I think the offense takes another step. So that, that'll be able to mask some of their defensive issues. But I would, I would probably go over here. I think the Rams are going to be one of the better teams in the NFL. I am firmly stay away from the Rams because they're ah. very talented.
1: But when people talk about Super Bowl hangover, I think these guys might still actually be hungover from the Super Bowl. Like they're just – drunk talking crap about a Bill Belichick pick. They're jumping into pools because they drafted Logan Bruss two rounds too early in the third round. Like just very weird stuff. Um the the A thing, I, I don't know if I would have had the stomach to give him that contract after you know his last season in Chicago. I just you're paying him the same amount of money as Cooper Cup, right? It just seems like they just went into like let's not use a whole lot of brain power this offseason. Like let's just lock down like three different things and just run it back and I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. I'm just not super comfortable with it. The other thing, too, is like, is Cam Akers going to look okay? Because they they still seem to like not want to feed Daryl Henderson. Cam Akers averaged like less than two yards per carry in the playoff run. I, I don't know if they can't run the ball at all. I mean, at some point, don't you just start squatting on this stuff like Odell Beckham Jr. brought them. A good amount of firepower from like a speed perspective, at the very least, like if your only speed is coming from Van Jefferson, we saw what happened to the Rams before then. Right. Like if you don't have the consistency of Robert Woods, if, if Allen Robinson can't be Robert Woods and Van Jefferson can't give you the speed of Odell Beckham Jr., or at least the threat of that, then like, I don't know how good does that passing offense look?
0: Yeah, I, I still think that this offense is gonna be plenty explosive, and the, the Cam Akers one I think is important. And curious to see, you know, he did rush back from that Achilles injury, so we'll we'll see how healthy he is headed into next season. And maybe that was something of you know coming back from the injury so quick that you know, maybe he wasn't quite as explosive as he was prior to the injury. Because I mean, doing it in the same calendar season is a really quick turnaround for that type of injury. So we'll see there. But I, I still like the Rams quite a bit san francisco 49ers are at 10 total wins obviously last season they go 10 and 7 they, they needed to kind of go on a run there at the end of the season to make the playoffs but then they go on the run to the nfc title game i still think that the 49ers have one of the best rosters overall in the nfl as long as it stays intact before we get to week one uh the question is i guess just how confident you are in Trey Lance or whether it's for whatever reason, Jimmy G, how, however this plays out. Like, I still think the 49ers are going to be a really, really good team in the NFC. And if the Rams do take a step back, I think that they are the best team in that division.
2: Justice thoughts on the 49ers.
0: <laughs> My thoughts
1: on the 49ers. Like this is another stay away for me at, at 10. I just, the Kyle Shanahan factor cannot be underrated here. Um, not he is he is a genius in terms of scheming up stuff offensively. He can do all the auxiliary runs, all the auxiliary auxiliary motions to to kind of put window dressing on everything. If for some reason Debo Samuel is traded and they do something weird, like just like hey, we're gonna run it back with Jimmy. I could see them just like being like the locker room team for this year, and just like Kyle kind of like losing the confidence in this team. So I I'm just. I I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it with the 10 foot pole. Keep me away from this team until like at least November because it seems like they just try to like, they're just
2: going through the motions and trying to find themselves up until that point. So it's probably going to be Lance. And when you have a rookie quarterback, no matter what his surroundings are, winning 10 games is going to be very hard, man. And they're going to have, so they're going to be in the spotlight. I think there's no doubt about it. They're going to be on national TV all over because people are going to want to see, hey, how does Kyle Shanahan deal with Trey Lance? And remember that like their defense was really good last year and they, they're going to be better with some of the additions that they're made. But again, it's going to come down to Lance. Like, is he good? And I don't think he's going to be consistent. I, again, I think he's going to be like a high variance type of quarterback. And when you have a high variance type of quarterback, those mistakes can add up. So um, I would probably go under, I, I would go closer to, I would bet it if it was nine. So I would go under since it's 10 um, again, Just rookie quarterback, man, like the expectations for him are through the roof. You're seeing some stats. People are projecting him that just like they don't make sense. Like that's not what rookie quarterbacks do, man. They throw a lot of interceptions. They have turnovers and they make knuckleheaded decisions. That's just what every rookie quarterback does, no matter how highly touted they were coming out. And it's probably not going to be any different for Trey Lance, who eventually will probably be very good, but expecting him to be a top seven quarterback in the NFL next year. Like that's not fair to him. and just not very realistic.
0: Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns his first year as a starter. So yes, everyone did. expects Trey Lance to do that yes, too. Yes, that's just did. what you do. Oh, <laughs>
2: you got any Ty- of those Tyree kills hanging out there?
1: <laughs> Tyree on Davis uh, price. Is he in the doghouse yet? I <laughs> go, I need, we got to get doghouse status on him like weekly updates. So he's, he's the running back out of lsu who people thought was like gonna be like a six-round pick he ended up getting drafted in third round by the niners obviously the niners didn't have a first round pick so it went drake jackson the pass rusher out of usc then the speedy running back out of lsu which just seems very kyle shanahan like he, he made that pick right oh, which means that he's gonna be pissed
2: at him in a, within a month so i need i need the update kp So he made that pick because Elijah Mitchell doesn't have any leg drive, doesn't have power and can't stay healthy. So what does he do? He drafts a running back who is fast and over 220 pounds. That's it. That's all. That's all the criteria that needed to be met. And Kyle Shanahan did what Kyle Shanahan does, does probably said no to like 14 different scouts and said, I'm going to make this pick. It's my team. Uh, My name (laughs) is on the logo. So we're going to do it.
0: So the this a, is why um, I can't
2: trust this team. <laughs> <laughs> These are the
1: things. These are like this happens consistently with this team. I can't do it.
0: Yeah, I just I've never seen a coach who gets so mad at his players like Kyle Shanahan that Within just like to i I'll jeopardize winning. I'll jeopardize winning to prove to you that I dislike you right now.
2: He had you on like the bench for like a year and a half.
0: Trent Sherfield was catching
2: comebacks, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, unreal. But the Arizona Cardinals, they are projected nine total wins. Coming off an 11-win season, uh, I got no faith in the Cardinals. None. I, I think that they've gotten worse since last season, and you know Justice has mentioned it several times on the pod. Kyler Murray struggles to stay healthy. He, I don't think he's somebody that you can rely on late in the season, so I am just not confident in the Cardinals at all.
2: So, Kyler, without D-Hop for six games, and their win total is nine? How are they going to get there? Um, beats, it beats is, is AJ me. Green gonna stay healthy? Is he going to morph into the AJ Green of 2016, 2015? Um, is Hollywood Brown gonna be this deep threat who you know clicks with Kyler? Remember, like, so I believe Rodney Hudson missed a few games last year, and he's an All Pro. Like, there's no, I'm not taking that away from him, but like, if if I were to ask you guys, could you name the tackles for the Cardinals? Could you? Because they are going to be in some trouble. And yeah, I'm means- looking at their R-lads, so I can. But yeah. <laughs> but even beyond their tackles,
1: like Will Hernandez was not good. Will Hernandez was not good with the Giants last year. He he seems like he he seems to get worse like every season he's in the league for whatever reason. And it's not like Cliff Kingsbury is known for developing offensive linemen or anything. So I don't know. I I don't like this. This team has terrible vibes all over it. Um, the they worst lost part- Chandler Jones. Yeah, the worst part for this, for Cardinals fans, is, like, everyone just got extended. Everyone other than Kyler, who is, like, the 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 you know the key that makes this engine go. And it's like, oh, man, well we might have made a huge mistake. Like, they drafted Trey McBride in the second round. Trey McBride is not a true why. Like, he, he's an F to me. The fact that, like, you're going to pair that with Zach Ertz when you're pretty much, you know, 11 personnel team anyway. Like, you can go back and watch that Packers-Cardinals game And the Cardinals come out in 12 personnel, which is two tight ends. The Packers are stopping them in nickel because they don't have like an actual tight end on the field. Like they're lining up wide receivers and tight end positions, basically. And they just doubled down on it and they spent money on it. And it's like, guys, you you needed to get bigger than Trey McBride at tight end and Hollywood Brown at receiver. Like you can't you can't just keep doing this
0: the Cardinals were chasing tight end production for years with guys like Dan Arnold. And then they finally trade for Zach Ertz and pay him and then draft another tight end. I, I it doesn't it. make any sense to me. Yeah. I, I have no faith in the Arizona Cardinals in the upcoming season. I think it's going to be a down year, but Hey, they still have JJ watt, the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you wasted at, another one of your years, Kyler at uh, five and a half projected wins. Any confidence? Pete Carroll, this loaded running back room and Drew Locke or Geno Smith combination of the both. Any chance that that team gets over five and a half wins this season?
2: The sweet, sweet irony of drafting a left tackle early in the draft after your franchise quarterback walks out of the door is so Pete Carroll and it's probably to run the ball. And Charles Cross is known as a pass protector, which makes it even better. Um, I I don't think so, man. Like, who are we talking about? We're talking about Geno Smith and Drew Locke. That's the quarterback battle. Um, Think the world of DK Metcalf. Think the world of Tyler Lockett. Cross is probably going to be a good player. And actually, I think Kenny Walker is going to be good for them. But – getting the six wins like it'll be tough they're gonna have to get some west virginia gino games uh to to reach that six to reach that win total i don't i don't see it man um i actually think Quandre Diggs is a really good safety too but who are they relying on like think about their pass rush they their big move was to bring in like yucena nuosu Mafe in the second round like like 25 who I I don't know how much you watch of him, but he I I think I watched two or three games and I could have probably noted like five or six times where he started one place and he ended up in another and not in a good way. Uh, They did not have any problems moving him. I I struggle to see it with him as a prospect. I know he got a lot of hype, but I I don't I think he was probably overdrafted and uh, he's going to he's going to have a tough time winning early on in the NFL, I would imagine.
1: It is funny about the tackle, so that you brought that up. So like Charles Cross, right. Came out of the air raid system. He's their left tackle was drafted in the first round. Abraham Lucas drafted in the third round, played the old school run and shoot like an offense. That is basically like the way of the dinosaur because of how often they throw it. And uh, those are the guys that they bring in. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of think like, I I know all the talk in Seattle right now is like, we're not reloading or we're not rebuilding. We're reloading. Like we're, we're going to compete this year and Hmm. you know this team is good enough and it's like dude you have drew lock under center like i'll I'll see you next season like this is the team that if like a lamar jackson or someone right like gets mad and ends up demanding a trade and gets traded to the nfc like this is like the best landing spot right like what other team can you recruit to that has dk metcalf tyler lockett two tackles and a you know, a staff that very obviously wants to um, invest in the defensive side of the ball. I think they're more in that, like uh, that range where it's like, don't think about me until a quarterback becomes available on the market. Than a team that's like actually interesting. It's almost like the Broncos last season, right? As ironically as that is.
0: Yeah. As someone who lives in Kansas city and drew Locke is a native Kansas city and saw him play at Mizzou, saw him play for the Denver Broncos. Like, I don't think you can, in good conscience, have any, <laughs> any confidence that he's going to get you over five and a half wins in the upcoming season. So, no, uh, I'm I'm going to go under there with the Seattle Seahawks. I totally agree with you guys. But what round was Locke drafted? It was he second rounder, second, second, yeah, early oh, second. Wow. Packers Packers wanted to take him
1: in the first, I think, with the Kevin. It was the Kevin King pick.
0: Yeah, the Broncos passed on him in the first round and then scooped him up in the second round. They might have traded up for it. I don't know. I might be misremembering. I don't remember. It was Drew luck Whatever. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this edition of NFL University. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. It is slowing down as the NFL reaches the summer, but we're still going to be putting out plenty of stuff for you guys to check out on the channel. So please make sure you're tuned in there you can follow kyle posey on twitter at kp underscore show you can follow just Mesquita at j-u-m-o-s-q i'm steven serta that's where you can find me we'll talk to you guys soon